0: Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Differential FPL podcast. As we said on our last podcast before the season ended, uh, this summer... We will produce a number of podcasts which will touch various topics um, in football um, so that, you know, we're just trying to produce more content so that, you know, we don't just go dry um, throughout these next summer months. Uh, Our first episode today will be a review of the EPL season. Uh, We'll focus on our clubs as well. Talk about the best players in the league, um, the transfers, uh, managers and best bits of drama that came from this season. And to help me discuss this, uh, first here is Shala Abolari, my co-host. Hey, Shala, how's it going? Good, 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 good. How's it going? It's going well, going well. It's a nice summer, nice summer day out there. It's a good day. Um, Also here with us, um, Habib. Hey, Habib, how's it going?
1: All good, all good. How are y'all doing?
0: Yeah, we're doing well. And um, thanks for being here, Habib. Um, and our final um guest here, uh, first time um, we're having him on, he's a Liverpool fan, not really an FPL addict, but he is a Liverpool, hardcore Liverpool fan. So we might see some sparks fly between him him and Nosy, uh, you know, a.k.a. Shala. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, Alex Obeche, a.k.a. Alex OG. OG, I'll follow him.
2: I'm very well, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me, man, the three of you. I look forward yeah. to today's discussion. Thank you very yeah. much.
0: Thanks, man. So Alex, um, we've known Alex for a number of years, long time. And you know, when I first met Alex, I used to think the OG, Alex OG was, people just calling you an OG, you guess, because <laughs> Alex likes to feel like what guy started himself. But anyway, <laughs> so, well, <laughs> it was later on. Well, I look at Sonny, i was like, oh, okay. Actually, it's just because it's the first two letters of your son. Nick. So, Alex, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for coming here and being with us. And I guess we could start off with, um, you know, when did you start supporting Liverpool, you know, and um, you can tell us what it's like supporting Liverpool, um, you know, during those, well, during the last few years, let's say the last five, six years. How has it been being a Liverpool supporter?
2: Yeah, thank you very much, D-Man, for that. Um, I've been a Liverpool supporter for over, probably say, close to twenty-five years now. So that is a very long time, and um, yeah. so I've seen, I've seen the ups and I've seen the downs. Um, I remember the times of uh, Roy Evans, Gerard Houllier, Rafa Benitez, Roy Hudson, Brendan Rodgers, Kenny Dalglish. Now, Jurgen Klopp. So i I've, I've, I've seen a fair few. Um, good times and bad times. But like you asked, the last five, six years has been glorious. It's been it's been exciting. It's been um we've had nearly moments, some nearly moments as you can imagine losing the league twice by one point hasn't been great. But during that period I've seen my team lift the premiership first time in 30 years. I've seen them mm. lift the uh Champions League, FA Cup, Carlin Cup, Club World Cup. So it's been good. It's been exciting. And um yeah.
1: That's
0: good, man. I mean, I didn't tell you to list all the trophies, but it's all right.
2: I had to remind the people. <laughs> Those are forgotten.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I love this season. I mean, this season obviously went um, sideways pretty early. Um, there was a, You guys did turn it around towards the end and even though there were still a few hiccups, you managed yeah. to end the season a little bit respectfully, but obviously not in the Champions League. You'll be playing Europa League this week, this season. I mean, Shalad, do you have anything to say about Liverpool season?
3: Um, well, personally, I think um Liverpool season was due to burnout. That's my own personal opinion. Um, because I think the season before they literally played every possible game, every game available, possible. So I think also coinciding with the way Klopp started heavy intensive, I think it took a toll on them. And I think they didn't really start getting back to themselves. So, like the late, mm-hmm. lots of parts of the season, whereas it was already a bit, a bit too late. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Like personally, um, I sincerely believe Liverpool are going to come back roaring next season. I have them as the challengers for Man City next season. Oh wow! Despite <laughs> the fact that they had the season they had, because I believe we've seen Liverpool have a bad season. And the season after, they come back roaring back. Uh,
0: fair enough. I mean,
3: Alex. I mean, unless Shola is tipping United
0: to win the league, that was that's that's pretty confident. I said I'm um, confident, pretty positive from a United fan.
2: Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, it's 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 uh, I don't unfortunately, I don't share the same optimism that Shola shares when it comes to Liverpool next season. That's not
3: optimism, I, that's pessimism, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, from my side anyway, but to be honest, um, I also see where he's coming from because we've he, he, we're, we're certified, so I guess that's where Shola is coming from. We've done it in the past in recent years anyway, so we're most likely to do it again, but. I, and I know we can go into details later on, but I see bigger issues at the club, which is what's making me not think we're going to be the closest challengers. Um, I personally see Arsenal next season, but we can go into that later on if you want me to.
0: Uh, fair enough. I mean, uh, it's so crazy. All of us, well, like, everyone, you you see people, other um, fans of other clubs, they're always like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, you'll be, you be top next season, you you challenge. And then in your mind, you're like, this guy, calm down. You know, no, just, and I'm going based was... on
2: projection, by the way. I'm just going based on projection. When I mean by projection, I'm already looking at what the summer will probably give.
0: And when yeah, I see yeah, the enough. likes of
2: Arsenal linked to the likes of Declan Rice and Mois Caicedo, that's right. it's making me scared. But anyway, we'll, we'll get into that.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. And uh, speaking of Moise Caicedo, um, Habi, there's a lot of talk of him going to Chelsea. I mean, I, your season so far, it's been your club season so far. Uh has been well, we battered it a lot. So, let me just leave it there. <laughs> say, it, say it as a it
1: Say what you want to say. say it, all right.
0: So, on. okay. Fair enough. You know what? Let me give you an opportunity. This season, do you have anything to say this season? Good. Let's just say positive about your season so far. About this season for Chelsea. Do you have any positive takes on, on it at all?
1: Yeah. I mean, the season was basically crap. But a lot of players we got are actually good players and. I see us having a very different story under Pochettino, So, yeah, that's yeah.
0: Fair enough. So, who are the players you are looking forward to seeing in Chelsea next season?
1: Oh, number one. Definitely Nkunku. Definitely. Mm, goal scorer.
0: Very good goal so, yeah, scorer. Yeah. exactly.
1: Something different in that. Thanks, Gusto. So, that can actually challenge his James for a spot and be a very good deputy when he's out. Then Enzo, too. Enzo has been the shining light in a very... Atrocious season. Then, funny <laughs> enough, I still think would will definitely come good because he wasn't linked to all those clubs for being an ass. So yeah, there's that too.
0: Uh, fair enough. And you know, and before we move to like United, real quick, just on Pochettino again coming in. Like, do you have any like what is the main thing you want to see from Pochettino next season?
1: Well, first things first, he needs to work those players in preseason because all those niggas are fucking lazy. <laughs> <on> i <pitch. laughs> right? Oh, we could barely run all season. Even when Lapard, for someone sort of as useless as Lapard, to come and say he met a squad that was on pitch. I mean, that tells right. you very terrible things.
0: Yeah, that's very damning. That's very yeah. damning. Yeah. That's very damning. Fair enough, fair enough. And with yeah, that, I exactly.
2: guess, Can sorry, we about to this I'm just going to add one quick point on Chelsea before we move yeah. on uh, from Chelsea. I think mm, okay. the biggest issue Chelsea are going to face next season is the lack of experience, especially mm. if the likes of Aspie and Mount leave the club. And I know it looks like it's not a big deal, but Pochettino, my honest opinion, needs to make sure that the players that he's bringing in are experienced players. Because if you look through their core team now, they're lacking in experience. Apart from Thiago Silva, who's going to stay, They don't have experience Mm -hmm. anywhere else. Because Mount will leave, Aspie will leave, then you look through the squad. You've got the likes of Enzo, Noni, Madweke, Modric, Gallagher, um, even the back line filled with young players. So I'm struggling to see where the leadership experience will kick in. And that's usually what you need at, at a top club, especially when you start getting past Christmas. Come January, that's when you start separating the boys from the men. And I think that's where Chelsea might struggle. So it's key that Pochettino brings in experienced players. Just when they're at that point.
3: I actually yeah. agree with you on that. Funny enough. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I think Pochettino is a good coach, personally. But um you yeah, you just to echo, you would need that experience. And I feel yeah. like um, you know, with that Chelsea team, they will they will challenge for the top four, but I feel they might feel they might fall short. But I feel like they'll get a European spot like fifth or sixth. Right, you no? Know, especially with so much going, you know, so much has happened within a short space of time in Chelsea. You brought in so many players and then there's a lot of players that are departing. So that adjustments, that trans, there's no way they're not going to fill that transition period. It's not, every like all three of, like me, all three of our clubs have gone through a transition period at some point. Arsenal has been through it, United States has been through it, Liverpool has been through it. You know, I, so I guess maybe this is Chelsea's turn to to really go through like a real transition period. Mm.
0: So and that's you know. not surprising. Considering yeah. the fact that they just changed their um, upper management as well. Yep. You know, and um I, I actually I I I've never actually thought about it the same way. So that's a great point from Alex because when you think about it even in their midfield you have people like um Kanté living Kovačić living you have people like, uh, um, even Loftus Chick is probably Loftus one Chick, guy. Mason Mount
2: yeah. is a lot of experience leaving.
0: Yeah, a lot yes. of I love experience. I mean, they they have some sprinkled experience in there with Koulibaly, Italian League, and Sterling. You know, who obviously has been in the Premier League for long. So, I mean, Habi, um, on on this ex- um, talk of experience, do you think that this is something that you you guys would have to fix in the transfer market, or do you think that you guys would be able to 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 get another leader from within to pull you guys through. That's Chelsea, obviously.
1: I mean, I feel it goes both ways. But plus, Alex, if Mount is going to be the experience you speak of, I don't want no part of that. Let that nigga fuck out of my team. I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. beg. So nah, I don't give a fuck about Mouth. Yeah, go on. What did he say?
0: I said, go on, please. Sorry, go on, go on, go on.
1: So about that, that's very valid. We are losing a lot of leaders, but this is also an opportunity for people in the squad to step up. I know it's not easy to just say, you have to do this, I do that. But I mean, there is Is the people that, I hate to use this phrase, proper Chelsea, should Mm -hmm. at least have a sense of ownership at this point in time and step up. And also the fact that a lot of people will be fighting because at this point, nothing is given. Everything is going to be earned so people literally need to step up. But I get the point of my experience, too, but first, I would say I expect Chelsea to fight for the title next season. Top four is verified by me, and with the quality as it should be, all things being equal, then we should be able to make a top four spot.
0: That's good. And um, and just speaking of what, um, what you said, there's, um, Mount. Mount is a really polarizing figure um, in Chelsea camp. Many Chelsea fans are, well, I won't say many because I don't know that many. Some Chelsea fans are, are are sad to see him go. Some of them, many of them, and some of them like you are, are keen to even see him leave as well. And right now, the destination that he has in mind or the one that, you know, we've been getting updates that are not updates from uh, is, is his move to um, United. And um, Ch- um his amount yeah. moving to United, do you see this as? Do you see this as a, as a very good move for you for that for that side? Um, I believe where
3: do you expect him to play? So I think um I okay, this is I'm in between on the mounts issue because personally I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's what we need. Personally, that's just my own opinion. But obviously, the coach has other ideas, but I think he's going to come in where Erickson is right now. Because, you see, like, um, I don't remember which game I was watching. um, And I remember, I think I mention that. I think this game has actually showed us why Saint Hag is looking for a Mason Mount. Because Erickson does not have the legs to chase. Like, Ericsson's he doesn't, like, I think it was the FA Cup final. You know, I'm I, I just, I'm not sure. but these high intensity games that require you to be on your, to have energy, like to run everywhere. Erickson, he can't do that. Like in those kind of games, Erickson is like, you might as well be playing with that man because he's useless. Hmm, The game goes by him. Yeah. The game just passes him by. So I feel like that's where mounts will come in. Somebody that, you know, is, is is a decent passer, can progress the ball. Somewhat technical.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. And, you
3: know, someone that could obviously add, you know, add to the goals because Mousa is a goal-scoring midfielder. Yeah,
2: that's My only issue, though. Yeah. Shella, I- sorry to just step in there. I was gonna just gonna. add My only issue with Mount at United and obviously Ten Hag knows what he wants to use him for in terms of style and play, but I don't really see him playing deep, and that's what you guys play. You guys play with Bruno as your ten with two sitters, Casemiro and one more, and mm-hmm. I don't. Mount hasn't. He doesn't have enough body of work in that position, that deep playing position, which is why it will be interesting to see where he plays. So unless you guys are switching to a complete yeah. three-man three midfield, so 4-3-3 three, three, as opposed to two pivots... I was going to touch, yeah, touch on
3: that. Yeah, I was going to touch on that from the what we're reading is that Ten Hag wants to play with two eights. Okay. And, Mount, hmm. and then a def- the defensive midfielder, which... We're also in the market for a defensive midfielder, but it's not a priority, even though I think it should be. I think someone needs to be able to fill in whenever Casemiro is out because the drop-off, mm. whenever he, he's off the team, is incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm. Uh, should yeah, I tell you I think you guys should be after? And I was just going to say the same players for Chelsea as well. Uh, I think there are two players out there that are being overlooked. Polina from Fulham yep. and Milankovic-Savic. Both mm. players, and i tell you why I think both players will suit United and Chelsea, in my honest opinion. Both mm. of them experienced enough. Paulina, 27, uh, Savage, 28. Both of them always show up in terms of availability. Both of them played over 35 games each last season. The only issue with both of them is that they are yellow card merchants. Paulina got 14 yellow cards. Savage <laughs> got 10 yellow cards last season. But when you think of the kind of profile of players that both teams actually need, like you said, Shola, when Casemiro is out, you need somebody else who can mm-hmm. actually step in. And either of them will be great buys. Then for Chelsea, I think having one of them next to Enzo from an experience standpoint would make a lot of sense as opposed to the likes of Ugate and Koda. They were linked to it because that's another young player as well, another project player. So it goes back to my experience point. So you need experience.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. And but um, enough, this amounts uh, to United as well. Because when I think about it, Mount and because everybody likes this um, double eight system. That And it's being used a lot by the top teams in the Premier League. But when you look at those double eights, when you have someone like Mouth and Bruno, I mean, shall I? don't you think that's a bit lightweight in the middle? Or do you think that they'll be able to do the running to actually take care of the ball? And um, oh. even with, I'm sorry, just one more thing. And even with Mouth coming in, you guys still, even though Bruno is always available, and that is short that sure to catch up with him eventually, you guys don't have a steady replacement for him. And that might be a good reason Um, that that might be a good reason to obviously go out for Mount. So is Mm -hmm. it possible that Mount
3: actually comes in to challenge Bruno as well? I think... I wouldn't say necessarily challenge. I will say maybe like an option, like a tactical option. Because like sometimes maybe Ten Hag must give Bruno like a rest for like a cup game or something. That Mount can come in. But so it's... That's why I said like, for me, it's a funny transfer. Like... I see some. I see the sense in it. Even though mounts is not is not the player that I would go for personally, but I see the sense in it. And like um, you know, I like I said, mounts breaks his own unique skill sets. Because you get about is that with Bruno and mounts, you're gonna get you're gonna get two hundred percent in terms of efforts. Yeah, those guys never stop running. They never stop, Bruno. Bruno Fernandes never stops running. Mouse never stops running. Like you get like you get that effort. you get that energy in the middle. So I won't really consider it lightweights because those guys are very high, high energetic players. Alright,
0: fair enough. Fair. You know, enough. They might not be. I,
3: they might not be like aggressive, aggressive like the likes of them, Palinia and cool, But they'll give you know they'll give you that energy. You know, yeah. they, they'll okay. go in for the tackles. They'll, they, you know, they'll, they, they don't, they don't, they're not, you know, they'll help, they'll help out the um, the full box as well defensively. Okay. That's that. So, yeah, which is very important. All right. I can understand that. I could put that. I'm just,
0: I'm curious to see what it's going to look like. Funny enough, I don't feel like either of them, that's Mounts or Bruno, can actually step on a game and control a game like the tempo. You know, and you know that kind of thing. Bruno seems to just be straight up gangster with it, just push, 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 push. Amount yep. yep. an attacking player. So I feel like it will be interesting to see which one of them develops into the deeper player that that keeps the tempo of the game for United. But also, like you said, it could also just be an option that you could play instead of Bruno, you know, when needed. So it's that's good. Um, just before we leave United on your season so far in the, in the league. Not cup um, competitions, just the league. How do you feel ETH has done so far in this first season, and and where do you see progress coming from?
3: Um, I think in the league he did pretty well. I mean, um, obviously they were the 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 word we need League is obviously our away form, because that's really what led us down in the league. Our away form, like it's not even like our away record was poor, mm-hmm. but at home, like he. We basically turned Old Trafford into a fortress, which is good. Like, I think we only lost once. We only dropped points twice at Old Trafford this season, which was an opening day against, funny enough, Southampton. But, yeah. But, um, you know, we won every other home game, which was, yeah. really, which was really our strength. Because away from home, we were very, very shaky. Like, even against the top half, I think we only won, like, once. Or something. <laughs> All
0: right. Fair so you you think that if you start doing, um, obviously you need um, better away, away, away days next season.
3: Yeah, I think that's possible, and obviously I think um, I feel like we need better. Obviously, we need some better players. Like, like I think considering the kind of some of the players that we have that we worked with, I think that's another reason I feel like he did a really good job because you know he made it work. You know, like for example, you have players like Fred McTominay that are not very good on the ball. Somehow he made it work. You know, he made he made it work. Right. Know, we didn't we did play the football that we, he wants to play. We didn't play the prettiest football, but we played a, it was efficient enough. All right, fair enough. Um, on my end,
0: well, just speaking about Arsenal a little bit because you know, um, <clears throat> I feel like this season was a great season. Uh, if I've, I, mean, if I've been, if you've been with me on the groups, on the group chat, you would have known that I enjoyed this season quite a bit. It was good to banter you lot, but you know, it, obviously, I did disappointing end. But what this, what what impressed me the most was this season was the sign of progress and how quickly we were to progress from you know fifth place to second. Obviously, challenging until you know it all went all right. Uh, next season, I'm hoping for a more. I'm just looking for more meat. I feel like there are some players in our team that there are some positions in our team where we can we can pretty much add a star or a next generation kind of star kind of guys because we need to we need to push up the level of our team with more Champions League players, you know. So I mean, I don't have any Arsenal fans, ah, uh, so I'll go I'll go to Habib here, you know. Since we we blocked them twice, how how good was it to collect it twice this season, Habib?
1: <laughs> finally. And y'all are finally doing something relevant after so many years so well fine kudos kudos to you but okay jokes apart now y'all have got something really great going on over there and to be honest seeing you guys heading to next week is very scary even like, i said on my twitter i really hope you guys don't get rice and caissero because it's going to elevate you people to crazy, stupid levels, and I'm not sure they're ready for that. So I keep hitting, but obviously, as a football fan, I know what it is, and it's great stuff. So, yeah, that's, you guys are great.
0: All right, thanks for that. Um, looking at this um, rice deal, a lot of people have actually said so much about it. I think we'll leave that one right now, uh, and we'll see later on in the season. Maybe our next podcast, by the time we get on our, our next podcast, we'll have had some more transfers come to but right now before we do talk a little bit more about transfers and th- teams uh players that have come into teams i want to talk about our players of the season i mean obviously we've read the nominees we've seen the guy we won and obviously it was haaland so i was trying to see if we could look at a couple of players that maybe were not mentioned even if they were mentioned but you know just go around and give um a couple our uh, players of the season um by position so starting off i could start with um alex um, and let's try, let's do uh, forward. Apart from Haaland, which striker out there do you believe is a player of the season, contender, or should have been the player of the season?
2: Um, for me, I think it's, a, it's an obvious one. I'll say Harry Kane. So apart from Haaland, we'll move, we'll move yeah. Haaland to this, and yeah. I think Harry Kane. And uh, yeah. he, as, you, as everyone knows, he carried that Tottenham team, even though they ended up not doing much. He scored over 30 premiership goals again, and for me, that's mm-hmm. no mean fit, especially when you see the players that he has around him not creating anything. He was pretty much creating his own chances and scoring week after week. So I'll say from a center-forward perspective, Harry Kane.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And it's such a spursy thing to do to score 30 goals and not win the golden boots. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, so but yeah, I definitely agree. Harry Kane has been mad this season. There's a lot of talk of him going to United this summer, um, Shola or Real Madrid. Before you give us your own striker of the season, do you feel like there's a there's a good chance of
3: United getting him? Man, you you, I mean, I think it's no secret how much I I I, I how big of a fan I have of Kane, but I'm I'm not optimistic because of Daniel Levy. Right, I mean, even though funny enough, I read a quote from Harry Redknapp this morning that said, "If Daniel Levy gets a certain amount of money, he will sell. He doesn't care." So hmm. that was a bit that gave me a little bit of hope. So I feel like if we get King, we're probably going to spend like 100, 120 million on him. Hmm. All right. To fair make enough. them budge. Fair enough. He we'll like, would rather sell to Real Madrid. But I think if we get if we put in a bit of like hundred million pounds, he will probably sell. And the question is, are we going to do that? Especially with the reports that we only have about one fifty to spend. That most of our spending is going to be generated from player sales. Hmm. And United's track record of selling players is not does not give me much (laughs) hope.
0: To be honest, though, whenever people say they know how much your team is going to spend in the window, I always. Take it with like a pinch of salt because nobody really knows, you know, even if they are giving you that information it's most likely not true because why would anybody go out and tell everybody what they're, what they're going to play? But I guess we'll talk about it during, um, you know, in more podcasts that we have during um, this, um, this summer. So who is your striker of the season that, you know, isn't Haaland and Kane, obviously.
3: Ah, well, well, what? Okay. Well, if you put things into context, I'll say Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Given that, um, you know, I think he scored like 20 20 20 plus goals in the league, you know, in the breadth that Brentford side, to so like, yeah, yeah, um, I actually had him as well. I actually you know, had him as well. Tony, I think, I think Tony was even was, not just his goals, but even his just his, his gameplay, yeah. Like, he and was he was
0: not just he wasn't just winning on the pitch, the guy was, yeah, the guy was, yeah, was cooking some slips, bro. <laughs> The guy was cooking some slips and he was getting he was getting it done and you know i'll be on i'll be on different whatsapp groups and you guys are just burning paper anyhow I <laughs> yes,
1: <Tony. laughs> yes but um so, yeah
3: I'll, I'll say to like tony was a, was a, deserves a shout i think he uh, he had a brilliant season unfortunately yeah. he keeps a, a quick end obviously due to the suspension lot more but I think he deserves a, he deserves a mention. I mean, obviously he wasn't as good as the other two, but he deserves a mention.
1: All right. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Um, and now to a team that like um to a club that didn't score many goals, and not because they didn't have a striker. But um Habi, would what do you have? Who is your third best striker? Well, first not third striker, first. player of the season. It's player of the season, first well,
1: first. we sorry. didn't have a striker. <laughs>
0: We don't have a striker left. Havertz is not a striker. Miles Ahead is a know. striker now. And that's it. Fofana is a striker. Aubameyang mm. is a striker.
1: Aubameyang
0: is a striker. There you go.
1: Aubameyang is a joker,
0: bro. Aubameyang <laughs> <By laughs> scored a lot of goals last season for Barcelona. He scored quite a few. I think he had twenty, at least 20 goals over the course of last season. I think so, if I'm not mistaken. I don't
1: think it was up to 20, but it was definitely double digits.
0: Yeah. But the thing yeah.
1: with um, Aubameyang is, should I say, when he's not scoring or outside the box, he's a, a he's a minus. Yeah. How long saying that? What's say? it? Holland is the same, but they made it work. Yeah. <laughs> just to... Because they keep creating, they keep creating Fair for Holland. We don't have that luxury.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Alan gets like like a good number of chances, and I noticed that as the season went on his hold-up play started getting a lot better.
1: Started, yeah. His Against now you could see it in full display. Like, yeah. that was actually one of his best performances of the season.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see, I could definitely see. So, so who is your um, striker then? Who is your striker um, then? My pick would be Callum Wilson. Mm, Callum Wilson. But yeah. Callum Wilson had, like, it was in and out of the squad, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, but that thing is, with him, it wasn't due to non-performance. It was Mm -hmm. either injury or rotation. Okay. And when he was around, I mean, his goals were very useful, especially towards the end of the season. He was very keen Newcastle securing a top four finish last season. I think he started, was he 18 goals or so? Yeah. And that was a shared meaning. So that that tells you a lot. All right. Let
3: let me me just add something. Me me captaining him won some of my FTL leagues. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
3: he did he actually did he made
0: a very very <laughs> big impression this season he did make a, a big impression this season and you guys have taken all my all the strikers that i that i wanted to pick on yeah but i guess if since you know i don't have anyone else uh uh well actually i have someone else and uh, I know Shala says say it's because I'm an Arsenal, I have an Arsenal bias, but I'll go for Gabriel Jesus. Since we've already mentioned Tony Kane and obviously Callum Wilson, I think Jesus at the start of the season that big that big run that Arsenal had, it was him that like energized it at the start of the season. He gave us he gave us uh, a good platform, a good and that good start helped us immensely. So that even when we missed him. We were still able to change our gameplay a little bit, play a little bit different. And when he came back, you know, he scored a few goals. Um, I think he only got like 11 this season. And we're hoping that next season he'll get better. So those are the strikers that I feel like, you know, you know, done very well this season. Obviously, honorable mention, someone like, um, what's his name? Um, Oli Watkins, Taiwa, I need those guys. You know, I need towards the end of the season really helped. Nottingham Forest. Um, so, do you guys have any, anyone else that you want to mention? I
2: was going to mention. No. Uh, I was going to mention Awuni as well. He got ten Premiership goals, and for a team like Nottingham Forest, I think that was that was that was definitely definitely very impressive. I was also yeah. going to mention um, Isaac, the Newcastle mm. lad. Um, yeah. Similar to Callum Wilson, I think his his goals and the way he shared his goals with Callum Wilson definitely pushed Newcastle to that spot. And the fact that he showed some versatility in his game, was certain games, was playing off the left, and was still able to actually add GAs. I think I yeah. think he deserves a good shout. So those are my two. Isaac, Isaac, and need.
0: Yeah. Was somebody else about to say something.
3: Yeah, me. It's- oh, yeah. That's- I have to put in Marcus Rashford. Like, come on, fam!
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah
3: but but was not a striker? Was he a striker? Is he a
1: striker? I mean, Rashford was
3: played. He was played both as a striker and the left wing. Because there's some games, for example, City at home.
1: We yeah. played him through
3: the middle. Mm. Like, there are some games that we played him through the middle. Maybe that we we'll play like Sancho on the left, Arsenal on the right. Or maybe we we'll play somebody else, on, or maybe Bruno will be on the right, Asadu will yeah. be on the left. So, yeah. but Rashford got a, a good amount of opportunities through the middle. So that's yeah, just I, why I'm just gonna give him that shout out, you know, because to be honest, he won us a lot of games single-handedly. I agree. I agree. I, agree. I, agree of I feel yeah. like
0: I, I feel like you're trying to force this into the striker.
1: No, um, so I'm not trying to force
0: it like <laughs> so that. We will it. take it. No worry, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> oh, no, <'cause... laughs> we'll take it, don't worry. We'll take, we'll take it. So, all right, so that's striker. So let's talk about midfielders a bit now. So, uh Javi, you uh, you can go first this time. Who do you have? There was, I mean, no midfielder won play out the season. So there are obviously endless choices. So go on. Uh, my pick will be
1: Rodri of Man City. For real? That's what I had in mind. He is without a doubt Pep's most important outfield player. Mm -hmm. Everything Man City goes through him. Fair enough. And he's he's just so tidy in every phase of the game. And he really, I won't say maybe this season, but he he took some sort of jump offensively too. This season, I mean, he didn't score and assist a whole lot. But you can actually see him, starting a whole lot of attacks even being in good shooting positions which is very unlike him Mm -hmm. so uh, he was basically the key to everything City did this season so Rodri's my pick
3: yeah fair enough Um, can I add something to that yeah yeah go ahead so in terms of Rodri with the offensive thing that you mentioned I think he actually picked that up from last season Mm -hmm. because the season before he scored a lot of important goals like he didn't score many goals but every single goal he scored was a big goal. It was an important goal. Like for example, the final day of the season, when they were down two 0 to Villa, he scored the first
1: oh, Villa. Okay, you know it's I like he, he wasn't
3: scoring just random goals. He was scoring very, very crucial goals. Fair enough. That's good. I, I moments.
0: I, th- I think yeah. I also think Wajid too is a definitely good shout. Um. So Shola, since you were talking, who's who your
3: next pick? Well, my pick was Rodri, but I'll also go with um I mean I think you just can't ignore Odegaard. Obviously, yeah. like I think yeah. I think um in my opinion he was the best offensive midfielder in the league. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: You know, like he he was just amazing. Like you yeah, can't I even hate think- on, even on. Hit on you, you, like just you you're just watching, you can't even hate on him. Like mm-hmm. even if I sometimes I sometimes even if you try to hit on the guy, you just can't. Cause yeah. On yeah, I mean you're, you're right. driving yeah. team on leadership. I think what actually impressed me the most is the the how he has taken strides in terms of leadership. Forget about the fact that he just that he's the captain, but he can you you can see that he he's he embodied that role of captain, you know. Yeah. You can see that he's embodied it, that he's embracing, you know, like there was you know, there I've seen there's some clips where I, I don't remember who was it. I don't. There was a game. I think I saw drop points, but he was um he was berating. I think it was Sambi. Oh yeah, I
0: remember. It yeah, yeah
3: that, like yo, know, he was funny. he was berating like, dude, get into position, get into position. <laughs> Sambi was ignoring him, and that happens to be the goal that's. Oh called. yeah, it was, it was it was a cup game. It was, it was it a sitting, cup yeah. game. That, that was That was actually the goal that now knocked you out. I don't know if it was FA Cup or Carly Cup. I know it was a cup game. Now you can see he was visit. You know he's very, very vocal. You know I never saw that in him before. So like for me, it's if you know it's him.
0: All right. that's good. Right. I I can appreciate that. Um, now um, Alex, you can go this time, but don't don't mention Trent because Trent is not a midfielder yet. So uh, uh, <laughs> I've mean, well, well, been not even
2: noticed though that I'm not even about Liverpool today. I'm, I, have to, I have to keep I have to keep my I have to be honest and everything I say. And for me, I was torn between. Two midfielders, yeah. Grana and Casemiro. But I've just picked Grana And wow. for me, I know I know a lot of people will say, why him? I think if you look at his story, especially between last season and the season that I just finished, dramatic U-turn. Grana has seven premiership goals. And on top of that, when you look at the underlying metrics, things like awareness, decision-making, covering ground, Recoveries and even intangible such as leadership qualities. Because in my opinion, he was he was Arsenal's captain, and he was showing it on the pitch and off the pitch. He had an amazing season and definitely contender for midfielder of the season. In my honest opinion,
0: All right, fair enough, fair enough. I I I definitely can see that the way he changed his role and played differently for that yep. forward against uh, for Mikel this final season. The way he adapted to it was very very pleasing for Arsenal yeah. fans. You know, so if if he leaves, and a lot of people are expecting him to leave, he leaves a big um, hole in the Arsenal team. I agree. Um, yeah. So I mean, I was um, I was actually going for Casemiro because, and we'll get we'll talk about this a little bit. You know, after this, but I, I actually thought Casemiro was one of the signings of the season for me. The way he has come in and played very well in, um, in this Liverpool side. I said Liverpool. Sorry, United I side. Wish, I wish. I <laughs> <laughs> <You> wish. <yeah. laughs> Uh, he, has, he has really, he has really held it down. He came back. He came in. Um, the what I I don't know how long he's gonna be able to keep it up for. I'm sure United fans are like, you know, um, quietly hopeful that he's able to um, take this for another three, four years. But the way he has played this season and the way he has adapted to the league, very strong, very good, in his showing. Um, special shout out to uh, Bruno Guimaraes as well. He was ever present in Newcastle's fantastic run to third place this season.
1: Newcastle, no, finished, no, in, no, Newcastle
3: right? finished fourth, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry.
0: Newcastle's
1: uh, <laughs> fourth place.
0: Now, <laughs> where you going get about with that? But it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, yeah. So, I think definitely without a doubt, he was ever present. It was, life, it was life and heart of that Newcastle midfield. And without him, I don't even think there's a run to fourth. So, brilliant from him. Brilliant from, from, from Casemiro and from him as well. Um, Do you guys have any other midfielders that you want to just chuck in here?
1: Well, it won't be complete without so far three players. Alex, Alexis Macallister definitely has to get a shot from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah Alex Alex
3: had a, He had a good season. He had a great. Yeah, season. He, he had a great season, and, and he's he's moving.
0: He's, mo- he, he's yeah, moved. He's moved to. Is yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Liverpool confirmed it. Yeah, yeah, of course. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, yeah I, don't, cool. I don't want
2: to watch lyrical yet until we get to that section.
0: But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gonna. T- hopefully, we're able to get to talk about Bakalista today. I think we should because you know it's it's a deal that's done. So why not? Um. So, but we can move on to the next one, and that's defenders. And I can go first since you know you guys have all gone first. And I would say defender of the season that wasn't in the list. It wasn't. Even, it wasn't even nominated, and I was kind of like wondering, how is that possible? Um, Saliba, I feel like Saliba came into this league, and has already shown us that. Give him a few years, and he will dominate every single person. It's like watching. I won't say it's like watching VVD because I don't want to give VVD praise. Yeah, you know the aura has finished. <laughs> we'll get to the 2nd <laughs> We'll get to the aura in the second. But when you watch. But you can't deny that they both have the same kind of physical characteristics. Obviously, VVD very tall, very cultured, very calm on the ball. His passing is great as well. Same thing with Saliba. And until this season, um, VVD was always able to, you know, chase you down, get the ball off you, move on. Even though he still does that a lot this season and people just pretty much uh, jump on him because of his mistakes, which unfortunately have been quite a bit this season. Saliba as well makes a lot, he, not, I won't say a lot of mistakes, but he does make mistakes as well that, you know, people kind of like just dress to the side because he's young, but his overall play, the way he changed the Arsenal defence, the way he helps the Arsenal defence progress the ball forward has been great. And for me, he's my defender of the season. And, you know, I was pissed that he wasn't even nominated as all. Well. I don't even think he was in the young player of the season category, which is just bullocks. But anyways, that's 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 my own right there. So I yeah, mean
3: actually surprised he didn't make the team of the season, but. yeah.
0: Like how, how do you not have this young man? But anyways, it's okay. So um Alex, who do you have as your defender of the season?
2: My my defender of the season is Steve Buttman. Ooh, I nice. Think, yeah, I think it, I think he was overlooked by a number of people. But when you look at it again, I'm a I'm a stats guy. When you look at his stats, again, ever present aerial duels, ball recoveries again. Challenges that he won, tackles, all those numbers. He he ranks in the top percentile across the board. And I think mm-hmm. it's not just him, the entire Newcastle backline obviously uh, worked as a team to ensure that Newcastle considered, um, I, I don't know if they considered the least goals in, in, in the Prem, but they were up there in terms of the least goals. Overall, I think Steve Botman came in, assuming because two seasons ago he was linked to a number of clubs. He was linked mm-hmm. with Liverpool, in fact. But a lot of people thought, oh, no, 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 we don't want him. Yeah, but he's coming to down that things. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, linked to a lot of big clubs. And since he's coming, I think it's helped mash out our defence. Obviously, Trippier gets a lot of the praise, and, and and rightly so. But the other guys next to him, notably Steve Botman, been very, very impressive. I think across the premiership, he's definitely been one of the finer perform- performers, so I definitely have him as my, my defender of the season. And just a quick one on Sally, but I think what went against him was the fact that he missed the last, what, 10, 12 games in the yeah. season and I think as you know, recently Bass is a big thing. So a lot of people forgo how good he was at the start of the season. I think that's what counted against him.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. That's good. I I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and you were right about um goals, goals considered. He did concede the least amount of goals, 30. Well, not the team Newcastle considered the least yeah. amount of goals with 33. Um, they were joints, joints with um City. City also considered, you know, only 33. There you go. Yeah, there you so. Go. Yeah, so Habib, your end. Who's your defender of this season?
1: Um, for me, okay, I wanted to go Buckman, but Alex has picked him already. I'm going Nathan Aki. Ooh. And I mean, actually, yeah. 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 it's more of like the whole story, not just this season. I mean, this was someone that was meant to relegate to Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. And then someone of that quality going on to have such a major season like this. I mean, football fairy tales don't get better
0: about. To be honest, I'm telling you, like, who would have ever thought that Ake would be one of the most important guys in a treble-winning Manchester City um, run? That's just—it's amazing what he has done. And also, you have to give—you have to give credit to the team at Manchester City. The way they yeah. develop players is just crazy. I mean, when they bought Akanji this year, I was thinking, oh, you know, Akanji could actually be someone that a lot of teams target and and get by, but. Pfft, my days he has made our country look like a solid defender, so it's crazy what their team does. So definitely, without a doubt, Ake is definitely one that I de- I can see easily being one of the defenders of the season. Um, Shola, what about you? Who's your last person?
3: Oh man, I have to keep it within, man. Lessandra Martinez. <laughs> I knew that what? <laughs> what a player, like for guest stories. Mm. like I think. I think what what amazed me the most is how well he adapted to the league. Because even because honestly, when we bought him, I had worries because of his heights. I think everybody had worries. You know, they were like, I felt like he was gonna be easily targeted because of how short he is, but nobody even look talks about his height anymore. Like, um, he he was so 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 big for us, like um. Because not even just the fact that he's a great defender, but he is so good on the ball. Like, mm. like so there's something, like, a lot of our attacks starts from him because he has these, he has a, an incredible passing range. So, like, honestly, I was shocked that he wasn't actually in the team of the season because I expected, I thought he would be, I thought it would be him and, like, Saliba. Because in my opinion, those are the two best defenders in the league. sets the box, but... All right. So, yeah, I, I... so those... For so him, like I can't leave him out. Like he was just he he was just really really good for us, you know. Even though my my favorite defender is Varane, but you know Varane's availability was an issue. Yeah, yeah, so it was. That's why I can't put Varane because I felt like whenever Varane played he showed his own leadership at the back. But you know I have to go with Lissandro Like he he was he's just coming and he's just you know been amazing.
0: All right, that's good. So that's that's some good names in there. Um, I really appreciate, I mean, I really appreciate some of those names there. You know, I didn't expect well to be honest, I kind of expected Shala to bring out the butcher, you know. I'm not surprised by that, you know. So, but good, good, that's a good call anyway. Um, I think it's the way the tactics that ETH used in United also helped um you know people like him um settle quicker as well, you know, apart from the fact, and then when you looked at at his um, aerial deals. You see that he actually had quite a quite a number of aerial deals, and he just, you know, he was winning them all the same. So you can't, you can't like write off his tenacity and his bravery. The guy is ready to go. So he's been a great defender. So before we move on, do you guys have any other defenders that you guys want to talk about?
3: Yeah, I'm going to give them um, because I noticed we all picked center back. So I'm going to give a full back a shout out. Yeah, Let me give us stupid a, a shout-out. I knew, it.
1: <laughs> I thought I knew, I knew it. it. I think
3: I think he was. I, I thought he was yeah, he, he had pro, individually. He had a really, really good season, you know. Um, and he in fact sometimes he was like a winger, like he used to get forward, like he used to get in like central forward positions sometimes, like and he was very, very, very important to that Brighton attack because you know we know that Brighton attack was. One of the one of the best to watch on the eye. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that he individually had a very good season. So you know I'll give him a shout out.
2: Another another player I'll give a shout out and the same team is Louis Dunk. Mm. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you guys noticed the way he has changed mm-hmm. this season in terms of playing out from the back and marshaling that whole back line, also scoring a few decent goals. So I think he's another one as well. Louis Dunk, that I'll give a special shout out to.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, with Louis Dunk, do you ever see him moving to a bigger club? And do you think he would do better in a bigger club? Because some of these guys, you know, they look good in these small clubs. If they move, what what do you think would be? What do you think would be like for Dunk to move to somebody else?
3: Funny enough, I think Dunk would do well at a bigger club as yep. an option yep. for depth because Dunk is one of those rugged defenders you like. Yep. You get like he's one of, like. Dunk kind of reminds me of somehow. He kind of reminds me of Gary Cahill in a way. Obviously, mm. it's not as tech. It's not as good as Gary Cahill, but he has that that aggressiveness that Cahill had. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe I don't really remember where, where, where he kind But of happy you should remember Cahill now. Well, like even oh, if yes, not, I, do. I remember like, even if he's one. not like the big yeah. guy. Like even mm-hmm. if you're not like the main starter, like if you if you come in, like let's say you're one of your main centre backs injured. I feel like he's the kind of player that can come in and step in and do yeah. well. All
0: right, fair enough, fair enough.
3: All right. Um okay, so we can move on from
0: defenders now, you know. Um, talk about um keepers and just staying with Shalai here. Because one uh, the best keeper, according to like clean sheets this season was David DeGay. But He's also a poll, a, a polarizing pull with United fans, with some United fans saying this, you know, loving him. But at the same time, quite a few of them saying, you know what, it's time to move on from this guy. Let's buy a better keeper. What is your view on that? Where do you stand on that?
3: Yeah, um, I love David De Gea, but he can't be our number one next season. I'm sorry. If you want to progress, I don't yeah. think he can be our number one because even... It's not even about, I think for me, it's not even just about playing the whole playing out from the back issue. My, I've had a few problems with De hair. Number one, he never comes off his line, never like yeah. if you put it across, he's not going to come out for it. Okay. And second of all, he's made some catastrophic mistakes in massive games so. Like, I feel like that decline is there. Like, maybe the concentration is no longer is is declining. Like, so... If we keep... Like, this is my thing. Even if we decide to keep the hair, because the rumor is that the the reports are saying that we're probably going to keep him on reduced wages and we're still going to get another keeper. I'm fine with that. So far, he's not our guarantee number one.
1: All right. Fair enough.
3: Uh That's but if it goes in, if we don't get a keeper next season, I would not be happy. <laughs> so is he your keeper of the season? N- definitely not. Oh,
0: so who's your keeper of the season? <laughs> Probably Nick Pope. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now nah, he's, he's a very good Newcastle defense. He, might, he actually has the second most clean sheets um tied with Ramsdale. And I yeah, think he saved it. two pens this
3: season. Never just that he made some important saves. He, yeah. he made some match winning saves for
0: them yeah. yeah, yeah. He has been great for them.
3: He has been great for
0: them. Um, Habi, what about you? Who's your keeper of the season?
1: Uh for me, it's going to be Emiliano Martinez, the last time we were.
0: why? Why?
1: Who do you know? It's definitely Shola, sure, like, yes and no. No, that was
0: that was me. That was me. That was me. That was me. That was me.
1: Oh, the soft cast now fan. Ah, I see. I see. I see. <laughs> so, what, what I mean, is, why why video Why? Because in as much as Watkins and Cole were scoring mm-hmm. and doing all the shit up front, Martinez was pretty much great for them at the back. He made very, very, very important saves, kept them in a lot of games, even kept some results respectable, to be honest. Because I mean, when you see Tyron Mings in front of you you're not going to be filled with any particular confidence, to be honest. So that's you yeah. working overtime. I think he had double digits in play sheet, or what was it? And this was also a season where there was a lot of chopping and changing from the Villa backline, Cash mm-hmm. out, Um, Ashley Young out for some time to then, who was the left back before Um, they got Barreno in January? I Was it Digne or Digne, something? Digne, so, yeah, Digne, yeah. So, yeah, there was just a whole lot of chopping and changing, but he was still constant and doing his shit. So, okay. I think it's it's him for me. What's the right. of
3: Miggs, right? I think Miggs mm-hmm. had a pretty
1: good season too. Towards the end of the season, I agree. But okay. trust me, first 20 games or so, Miggs was still tired. Miggs was all I mean, he had
3: Steven Gerrard as his coach. I mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this season actually this season of
1: <laughs> what is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> actually, I mean, what do you expect? <laughs>
0: I mean, I actually yeah. just remember it's that Gerald was Gerald was actually here yeah, this season. So let's go to Alex here. So Alex, before you actually give me your your keeper of the season, Gerald's season. Uh, what did you th- What did you make of this season for Gerald?
2: Even Gerald himself. Yeah, yeah. I think, right. yeah. as yeah. a manager, as a manager, it was a poor, 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 season. And I think to be fair, great, great legend of a club Liverpool. But I think as a manager, it's probably too early in terms of trying to get. A, a top club like Aston Villa because make no bones about it, Aston Villa are a big club huge club mm-hmm. but I think him coming in they had that bounce which tends to happen new manager bounce but after things settled you could see the deficiencies in his managerial game really similar to Frank Lampard I'm not trying to compare both of them but you can just see that they've got a lot of learning to do they need mm-hmm. to they need to be, almost be away from the spotlights go manage a club somewhere in the championship where you're, we're not we're not criticising them on a daily basis because they're on our TV screens. Learn mm-hmm. the ropes, then come back up. Similar to kind of what uh, Vincent Company has done at Burnley. Go and, and almost bring the club up as opposed to trying to get a club like Aston Villa. So overall, it was bad. It wasn't no nothing great. And to be fair, it's kind of what I expected. Because when you think about Aston Villa, you're expecting them to finish around the European spots. And... Jad was definitely not going to get them there. He didn't improve even, even one player. So yeah, poor from him.
0: Fair enough. That's very good. That's very good. Uh, um, report there. But um, so who's your keeper of the season? Who would you have?
2: Come on, man. I think I think I've been hearing Nick Pope, David De Gea, Ramsdale. Those guys. And to be fair, Ramsdale has got a good shout. But I think the keeper of the season has to be Alison Becker. You can't yeah. even look past him because, yeah. again, you, you, look, you, look at the, you look at the eye tests, you look at the numbers, everything points towards him. One-on-one preventions, Alisson ranks tops. When, there was another stat that kept floating about. I, I, I can't find that at the moment, but it was around the number of goals that were prevented by a goalkeeper per team in terms of save the points and whatnot. Alisson was at the top of that as well. Without Alisson, this season, would have probably finished maybe 12th, maybe just behind Chelsea. And that's and that's me. Oh, come come yeah. on, come <laughs> on! <laughs> I know, man. Chelsea, I think straight there. But for real, like Allison, <laughs> Allison single-handedly kept us kept us ticking. And and if you think about it, when you look at the way Liverpool play, I'm sure you've all seen with our high line and everything. In in pretty much every game, the opposition striker had a one-on-one chance against us. it, it, it pretty much happened in 38 games yeah. last season yeah. and how many goals do we concede from those kind of chances very few it reminds me of, of Peter Schmeichel when it comes to one on one saves 1v1 so that's yeah. something that, that kept, kept getting overlooked in his game but he did that consistently during the course of the season his positioning the way he makes difficult saves look easy other keepers will make them look Hollywoodish but he just makes them look easy and keeps the game ticking so yes. overall I think Alison Becker was definitely my goalkeeper of the season
1: yeah,
3: I, right. I think I think Allison is the best one v one goalkeeper in the league. Okay, like if you're one on one, I think it's I think it's him. All right,
0: I I I I can accept that. I mean, obviously, it's not like Alex has um, Allison as the best best goalkeeper in the world. Or oh, is that is that not what you <laughs> think, Alex? So I I am not surprised to see you give Allison the glory
1: the only go
2: yeah the only goalkeeper better than Allison in, in world football and it's still it's still an argument there is Thibaut Courtois in my man. honest opinion and that's still an argument for me it's a toss-off of a coin I'll say Thibaut Courtois for just the fact that his body of work looks a little bit more impressive his team as a whole of one more so he, he just has that extra and obviously he's been in the game slightly longer than Allison, but apart from him i think alisson can stand toe to toe any to any other goalkeeper in the world and still and still come out looking good
0: no worries. i think google and and episode we will discuss tibo kotua and alisson but me on my end whenever i've watched tibo this um Courtois this season one thing i've noticed is he does a lot of he makes a lot of great saves for that real madrid team you know and real madrid this season especially in la liga even last season they just random the way they play is so random you don't they don't completely dominate teams. Many many games. I mean, there are obviously yeah. some games where they beat were well, like four nil, five 0 But many games, they don't completely dominate you. But you just give them that chance. One, two, three chances before you know what's happening. Benzema has popped to is running away with one. So it, the the way they beat teams in La Liga is very, it's very funny. But a lot of La Liga teams get good chances against against that Real Madrid side. And my my um, keeper of the season, I'm gonna go for David Raya. Even though he started very, he had a very bad start with um with um Brentford. The whole team had a bad start, but he pulled through. He started doing better. I think towards the time we were supposed to go on break for the World Cup, and I think where did the uh, Brentford finish this season? They finished like eighth or or what was it again? Nine. They finished, uh, ninth. They finished ninth. He, you know, he was one of the um, reasons for their you know their well, I won't say. Mid, a high mid-table finish that they had. I think there was a point where they were even in the top six. Were they ever in the top six? I don't know. I can't remember. But there was a point where they were chasing top six. So, yeah, I, I would say David Raya is, is my pick. So, do you guys have any other keepers that you guys want to talk about?
2: Ramsdale. Del- have- I've got to give um, a to yes. Ramsdale, your goalkeeper, man. He, he came Ten. up from the season. Obviously, we always just banter and mock him and say, he reminds mm-hmm. me of Pickford sometimes. <laughs> and to be fair, sometimes he does in terms of when he tries to make some of these saves feel a little bit more difficult than they actually are. But if he puts his head down and just plays like a decent goalkeeper, he's a top goalie. I've got to give it to Ramzo. This season, he he impressed me a lot. So, yeah.
3: You know, I'm going to give another shout. This is going to be probably a hot take. But I mm-hmm. think Kepa had an individually good season for
1: Chelsea. Yeah, that's what I was going to say.
3: Oh wow. As For real? Chelsea was, I think Kepa was probably the only real shining light. Oh, maybe Kepa and Enzo were the only shining lights of that Chelsea team. Because Kepa individually had a really good season. What? Wow. Yeah. They didn't I'm even right. win the save of the season, if I'm correct yeah he did. i didn't he agree, did.
0: agree with that one he i didn't I, I didn't agree with that but i do agree with you it was
1: a triple save come on come <laughs>
0: on the third save wasn't hard the third save yeah, wasn't hard the third save but the first two the first two were crazy <laughs> fair enough fair enough but um but um, yeah I, I give him i'll give him the props i'll give him the props he did well Especially uh, keeping Chelsea from not conceding so many goals. I mean, Chelsea only considered what? How many goals did you guys concede? 38? Oh, wait, sorry. late
1: or early-40. 40. Oh, 47. Fourth, we had the fourth fewest goals considered. Sorry, say that again. I think we had the fourth fewest goals considered. We're tied third, then yeah. towards the end. I think we took a dropping from someone. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: We were the ones that gave it that drop-in. No, now oh, still, we I gave them dropping too now. Uh, nice, you guys clap collected is customary for our two Trafford.
1: At least Alex cannot say that, so I'm happy. I was fucked by the whole team.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, did <laughs> Liverpool didn't beat? Did Liverpool beat Chelsea at all
2: this season? No, no Chelsea. Draw Chelsea we always draw with Chelsea. We always, always draw. Past three seasons, draws. Yeah, draws. Yeah, all these games. Every, oh, yeah, even yeah. the two yeah. cup finals last season, draws. Like, it's draw, crazy. Exactly.
0: <laughs> mm, nah, Chelsea collected their customary beating, both of them, and the way this season. he let them
1: customary beating, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this guy, you not beaten us in like five games now. Or is it four if,
2: games? Okay. If is we had just beaten Chelsea, we would have made top four. That's
0: how it is. Oh. That's spicy. I mean, if,
1: if we bought Holland, we would have made top four. So. All right, <laughs> <laughs> ah, All right, fair, all right, fair So
0: those are our beatings our for player of the season. Dad and the players that we thought did very well. Um, and now we could talk a little bit about some, you know, about transfers and transfers that have actually um, happened um, this season. Like I said, el- sorry, last season, like I said earlier, Casemiro was my, you know, best deal, one of the best deals done by um, by clubs this um, last summer and the summer of 2022. Well, uh, you know, he's been one of the better players in the league. So Alex, on so your end, which player do you think has come into the league and has which deal has been has been that good for you?
2: I think there were, there were a number of good deals this season in terms of best signing, but I think you can't personally my top two were Casemiro and Awuni. Casemiro mm. for obvious reasons. You guys have already watched lyrical about him. He's coming, he's added leadership qualities to the United team that they were lacking. He's mm-hmm. he's he's ruffled a few feathers. I was watching a match once, and after the game, I saw him telling Bruno Fernandes off. And I feel like that's that's what United needed, a player to come in and actually say, you know what, I'm the man around here and trying to make things happen. He's caught some huge goals. From a yeah. DM perspective, I think he's caught four goals and not just goals that were being added like the third goal or the fourth goal of a game. He was scoring huge goals. If I, if I remember correctly, he scored in the Carling Cup final. Yeah, the first he's goal, like, yep. Yeah. So he added that to that United team. And it, gave, it just made them a little bit more... more more, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a nasty team to play against because sometimes you yeah. can, be, can be too nice to play against. But he added that still, him and Martinez. So, for me, as a signing, I said he was, in my opinion, number one. And I mentioned I would need just because of what he gave Nottingham Forest, saving them once he saved the team from relegation. And his 10 premiership goals definitely did that. So, Casemiro for me, and I would need a close second.
0: That's very good, thank you. You see, uh, this is why we invite Alex because he has some nice takes like this. It's just as sometimes his head touches, but he has some very nice takes. <laughs> uh, I, I
2: told him that. today I left my I left my Liverpool glasses at home. So I <laughs> uh, fair enough.
3: How about you, Shola? Who, 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 um, who I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i to go. Yeah, I'm gonna stay with him. Not now for us, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. go and get oh these?
1: You're always taking my ID. <laughs> I, I, I know who he's going for. I think I know who's for. yeah, I Gibbs like White. Player. I think Yay, Gibbs White was, was
3: big for new for Nostan Forest. Yeah, like, you like know, like I remember when when um they announced that he was going for like 40 45 minutes. I was like, what? Like, yeah. But he actually showed his value for that team because he was yep. for that team, he was their driving force. Everything came through him. He was their yeah. creative force, you know. He chipped in with some goals, so you know, he was him and Awardee were the people that you know they were the key to not Forest for survival. So, I think for me, obviously, you've mentioned the Casemiros and you, 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 but Gibbs White, I feel like, is, is up there, it deserves it, deserves a mention. All right, fair enough. Um, and um, happy.
0: I, as you see, Shala has already taking your guy. So, I hope you brought extra. So, who's your... Of course, uh, of course. <laughs> so, who do you have again? Who's your next person?
1: Can I say Haran?
0: <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, no, no. That's easy. So, yeah. I'm going with another name that they mentioned already. This is it. Ben Botman of Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So like, nice. He took to the league with relative relative E. Like, he was never out of place. And he dominated Marshall the backline, did his thing, made Newcastle a much more resilient side. So, yeah,
0: that's my that pick. All right, good stuff. So that's that. Um, those are the picks right there. I think everybody has has, has given their pick. Um, we talked a lot about suspend bomb uh, earlier, yeah, so I, you know we don't have to go too much into that. And um, right now, to you know to close out here, I, I think we can just do a little bit of like transfer talk and maybe talk a little bit about the Champions League final yesterday. So first off. The I think the only completed deal so far right now is the McAllister to Liverpool deal, right?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. And um, but I, and I mean this like in the top four. I know that like Aston Villa too have also completed one or two deals. But this McAllister deal to Liverpool, um, Alex, what do you feel like? What do you feel you can definitely bring to your side this season? Next season, sorry.
2: Okay, Alex is McAllister. Why do yeah. I even start? I'll try and keep this brief, right? but
1: yeah.
2: I think this could be and you can you can you can stamp me stamp it yeah tag it yeah, whatever you want to do well in three six, five days a year from now, we're gonna be talking about Alexis Mcallister as one of the signers of the season, and I mean that I'm not even trying to I'm not even trying to just exaggerate so what is it gonna to bring to Liverpool first and foremost, he's a World cup winner, so he comes with that with that pedigree already, and sometimes people can say, okay, what did he do for Argentina? If you really look at it, he wasn't a passive member. In the final, if I remember correctly, he actually had an assist. So he was—he comes with that okay medal as a World Cup winner. Then, in terms of what he brings to us, I think if I'm going to liken him to a player, I would almost liken him to a to a genie them. Hmm. And I, I and I explain what I mean about that. He he can almost play as an eight and as a ten. So he comes with two qualities for us. Last season he had 70 tackles. he made 70 tackles and that was more than any Liverpool player. The most that we had in our team was Fabinho at 65. So already he's bringing that already. He ranks 16th in terms of in terms of press across the entire Premiership from a, from a central midfielder point, point of view. he ranks 16th. So already he's coming with that. When it comes to possession one in the final third, he was ranked ninth across every Premiership player last season. And On top of that, pressures only Mosala ranked higher than him in the Liverpool team. So, based on everything I've just said so far, as you can see, pressures, recoveries, winning balls higher up the pitch. He's gonna add that to Liverpool's game. And what did Liverpool play as a team? The whole Gen Gen press, counter press club loves that kind of that kind of style, and that's what he brings to us. He can play as an eight, he can play as a 10, and to an extent, he can actually play as a six in a double pivot. Last season, again, I remember just before the World Cup, in terms of ball recoveries, he was second in the premiership, only behind Declan Rice. That was before the World Cup. After the World Cup, those numbers dropped a little bit, and that's because his airplane as a 10. So what he's bringing to the table, three big qualities, in my opinion, I'll just summarise. He's someone that has the capacity to help us recover the ball, help us sweep things up, and help us distribute the ball intelligently. So he can come in for Thiago, he can come in to partner Fabinho, and he can play even as a ten. So he brings a lot to this Liverpool team. And I know I've just made him sound like Lionel Messi, but bro, he's <laughs> gonna be our he's gonna be our Lionel Messi. I think he brings a lot.
0: <laughs> I think I think you're definitely right. And you know when you talk about him coming in and being just like um, Genie, when you first said that, I was like, hmm, what does it mean? Be like Genie? But then when you the way you said it, he's actually good on both ends of the pitch. He's a good. He's like a Absolutely. good, really good box to box guy. You know, he's also the kind of guy that can, you know, pop up with a goal here and assist there. I think he's very, yeah, I think he has good set piece ability as well. Yeah. He yep. does take yes. set pieces as well. He's very so, energetic as well.
1: Exactly. And that's
0: what you need. And Liverpool missed that in their midfield. I think they have that with Thiago, but not to the, you know, Thiago isn't as, doesn't have and that. Thiago,
2: yeah so yeah he doesn't have he that doesn't, endurance
0: absolutely he doesn't have that endurance that's you know that you can see that genie had so putting a genie um genie one album by the way so putting that kind of quality back in liverpool's midfield makes them a very very strong contender next season so very, i i agree with that i have nothing i'm i'm good with that i mean do you guys have anything to add to that
3: uh no, no. not really because i think alex has pretty much summed everything up in a nutshell because personally i think he's a I think he's a very, very good player. And he is probably going to go down as one of the signings of the season, considering the fact that they signed him for only 35 million pounds. So they yeah. didn't spend a lot of money on him. So There you go.
0: There you go. No problem. So, uh, so last up before we go today, and we'll definitely have a few more podcasts with Alex so that we can talk a little bit more about a lot. Cause we do have a lot to talk about this from this season, not just from this season, but for, you know, things going on this summer and going and moving mm-hmm. forward. So, just a quick uh, talk to talk about yesterday, the final yesterday, um, Inter Milan versus uh, Man City. Habib, who were you supporting yesterday? Were you supporting um, Inter?
1: No way. I was supporting Man City. Oh, Why is that?
0: All oh, you pep fuck boys. Why why, why are you I'm, all
1: pep you?
0: Crazy part, I'm a <laughs> no fan boy. I'm not a pep fan. <laughs> oh, okay. I right.
1: yeah, so feel like I felt like... I watched both teams properly. So it wasn't just like a support thing. It was also like a logical thing. Cause Inter is probably the most polarizing team in this life. Mm-hmm. But you never know what you're going to get from Inter. And at this stage, like it was just, the stage was too, I don't want to say it was too big for them, but obviously I knew how the game was going to end. They would probably contain Man City for the longest and they wouldn't take their own chances. And somehow, somehow they'll still find a way to lose, and that's exactly what happened. So it was kind of like an informed decision. So that that was really it for me.
3: But yeah. I think Inter, I think Inter did played well though, considering the opposition they were up against. Because there were times oh, there were times that they kind of gave City some problems.
1: Yeah, I mean well, yes, Lukaku, Lukaku
0: not missed that really great chance, didn't he? Yeah. In, very so is on
1: it. brand of him. Very, very on brand.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that header—it looked like it was. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, Alex. You think it was just unfortunate? Could that header have gone elsewhere? The one, the Lukaku header, right? Yeah, 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 that one.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Lukaku is just going through a spell where just bad luck. Obviously, yeah. we we banter about Lukaku and whatnot. I think yesterday was just, he was unlucky with that header. But then again, you can also add he's not, he's never been an intelligent player. He's a good striker but he's not intelligent. A more intelligent striker would have headed it maybe to the side as opposed to heading it straight down to where the keeper was. Little things like that. So I think he was unlucky yesterday but at the same time he's not he's not as intelligent as, as he should be. But going back to uh, the point I made earlier, I think Inter Milan played very well. They caused yeah. City a lot mm-hmm. of problems yesterday and I feel if they had just been a little bit braver and maybe slightly more intelligent, the final third, they might have taken our game to extra time. And you never know, though the penalties and who knows?
3: In my yeah. opinion, right? I think Inter lost the game in one lapse of concentration. Yep. When they left Rodri free, but I watched the game with some of my friends, and I will saying that Inter have it. So far, as they continue keeping Rodri quiet. They have a chance, which they did very well throughout the game accept that one chance
0: yep. Yep. yep i agree with that as well i saw like when when i watched that game inter did play well they are they were they were bullish on the pitch they they chased city they harassed them they moved them about anyhow and you know the fact that um what's his name kdb left also kind of like made them more um give them an encouragement and and they really went at city had Funny enough, when Lukaku was coming on, I thought to myself, you know what, Lukaku, this is your moment. This is your moment where you you, you actually silence the doubters. Where everybody that has doubted you this whole while, everybody that banters you, you know, even be in his house, this is where you show him that, look, this guy is <laughs> actually a baller. You know, do you understand? Like, you guys, I am actually a baller. And, I, and, you know, and, you know, I deserve to be mentioned with the other star names. But he let the moment pass him by. He wasn't able to take advantage of it. And maybe he gets another opportunity. But this was the moment I feel when you if you really want to be called as one of the better players next to the really, really good ones. This that kind of situation, that time, that was your time. You have to score that goal. And I think he blocked off one goal as well, which was very, very unlucky as well. But yeah, that you you had to, you know, that that the best strikers. And I know that strikers miss chances. Everybody, you know, a lot of strikers miss chances. Not like every time the ball is, you know, in a position, the
3: striker will definitely yeah. bury it. Yeah. It's
2: not I don't like think that. I don't think he does well with pressure, Lukaku. If yeah. you really think yeah. about it, yeah. I think some strikers are like that. He's one of those. Yeah, yeah
3: he's one of the biggest criticisms of him is that he's never he's been a, a big game player. That he's not a big game player. Exactly. It's one of the biggest criticisms, yeah. and that showed again last night. Yep.
0: Mm. So, yeah, there you go. So, um, and um, it was good to see. I'm not going to lie, but I don't really have hold um, a lot of... I don't hold anything against my City like that. So, apart from the I fact do. that... I, <laughs> do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, I do.
0: Apart from the fact that they, we lost to them in the league. So, I kind of wanted Pep to win it as well. You know, I know I said I went out happy for being a Pep fanboy. But I actually wanted <laughs> Pep to win it because I, I see a lot of arguments, people trying to hold Pep down because he hasn't won the Champions League. And I'm always like, he hasn't won the Champions League with Man City. So it's not even the fact that he hasn't won the Champions League. It's the fact that he hasn't won the Champions League with Man City. So, and I feel like this is a good, this was, it was time to, for him to silence, to silence those, those people. And I also wanted to witness it because, you know, right now i are witnessing stuff that in a few years, in like 10, 20 years down the line, we're going to have to explain it. Not explain it, but well, in a way, explain it. We're going to have to explain how good these people were to the newer generation of of, um, of managers, players that our our children or wherever it is younger people will be watching, and you know, you know, we we'll have to explain how good Pep was because even though his trophies speak for him, what he does, the tactics he employs, the way he makes teams and players better it is is pretty much unbelievable. He's he's that good. He's that good. Next to Klopp, I think he's. Is one of the best at making a good player, a, a good player, a fantastic beast.
1: So you know, let me uh, just why yeah. you added right? uh, <laughs> add that part? What saying next to club, Because I was about to oh. bite your head off. <laughs> I said next to club. I, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> what
0: yeah, and yeah. Do not improve. People. Yeah, do not improve players. So yeah,
3: yeah. yeah it, um, because um, after the game yesterday, because um, I so you know when. The CBS guys were interviewing Pep, you know, and they asked him about his tactics, and Pep said that he deliberately played all centre backs. You know, if not, Laki was a left back, Akonji was like a right wing back. He said, you know, he explained the reason, and man, the guys I was watching were just were just mesmerized, like, wow. Hmm. You know, when he gave the reason, he said the reason he played an, a back with all centre backs was because of the awareness that sometimes full-backs, pure full-backs sometimes, they lose that awareness. They, lo- they, 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 they lose that concentration. But he explained that, like, you know, he knows centre-backs are more disciplined in terms of positionally, and they're more aware because they know what to scan. Like, you know, when he was, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but when he was explaining it, words, we just like, wow, man, like, are you just leave the England, like, already? <laughs> <laughs> i beg leave it for us let us let us like can you just it leave it already like what kind of what kind of devoted tactics are these
0: and he's completely right because at the end of the day a cb is more likely to spot the danger far more quickly yeah or, or a fullback so you know, it was a great game, and you know he's probably one of the best. And I believe in one of our podcasts this summer, we'll also go more in depth into City. But this is our first one, and we just you know we don't want to go on too long. I think we've gone on at least an hour now. You know, so thank you very much for listening, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on and discussing with us i really liked your input and the way you talk he's not as a shout alex talks like one of those guys that's you know that you hear on sky sports maybe it's because <access> he's so positive see, see, see,
2: see that's <laughs> what we do see this is our work this is what we do like we get into the nitty gritty and we we'll try and bring out insights we're not we're not beer palo fans we're we're we're, oh, we're, we're insa- insightful analysts so thanks for having me man I had, yeah. I had a good time today. that's yeah, great yeah. man
0: and it's so funny that, that you say beer palo fans that's nice that, that's, that's a good that's a good I but yeah nice for man. thank you for coming Alex thank you for being here at B as well I appreciate you coming on thank on the Sunday. Um, and thank you all for listening. And we will see you again maybe in another two weeks every, if everyone is available. We'll try and get on the pod God. and give you another one. Goodbye, nice. uh Thanks,
2: we'll guys. Have
3: couple, try and have, we'll try and get a couple of other guests as well, but definitely Alex will be back. That would yeah. Cool.
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, because Shola was too nice on this pod. I need to see more fire. Oh, so we'll come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then.
2: Goodbye. Right. Thanks, All guys. Right. Let's begin.